Make Mine Movies, an introduction. I am not a Disney adult. I grew up with many films produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios and have always been a fan of animation as a result, becoming more interested in the history of it as I got older, but largely this led me to Japanese animation in high school and college. I had many Disney tapes and DVDs over the years to replay, and I saw many films in theaters, and by college many things were streaming, but now I find myself interested in zooming out and looking at the full picture of the studio's filmography and questioning it. What is the story of the Disney animation canon, and what value does it hold now in totality? Make Mine Movies is my attempt to answer those questions in a series of essays where I search within the content of the films themselves above all else. The history and development of Disney animated features across nearly a century of work, approached with a critical eye and honest analysis of filmmaking. This is not an exercise in doling out hagiographical praise for films I grew up with, but instead properly evaluating each work from the perspective I have now, and drawing a timeline of the studio's output and how it varies in success. I am a child of the Disney Renaissance in particular, a term denoting a decade of films spanning The Little Mermaid 1989 and Tarzan 1999, but much like video games and music, my palette for the studio's work was defined primarily by older pieces kept around from my siblings or media-obsessed grandparents, namely The Aristocats 1970, Lady and the Tramp 1955, and The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh 1977, all of which I got very attached to and rewatched often, associating the Disney opening fanfare with cute and funny anthropomorphic animals brimming with personality and saccharine films. I maintain a strong collection of Pooh VHS tapes specifically that were watched often, and that soft spot for the franchise remains today. Disney movies have a way of becoming timeless culturally, in the canon, which is a weapon that the brand utilizes and perpetuates, but I happen to grow up into the era of films that were not canonized the same way. The Emperor's New Groove, 2000, Brother Bear, 2003, or Meet the Robinsons, 2007, to name a few. These are titles one may not even be confident are from the same studio that produced The Little Mermaid, as opposed to a smaller subsidiary company that produced direct-to-video sequels, or the occasional Diamond in the Rough, like a Goofy movie, 1995. Looking at the full timeline of films produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios tells a story of losses and victories that even I, someone made cynical by the modern media conglomerate's ownership of media en masse, find something fascinated within it. That is the core of Make Mine Movies. Named for the 1946 film Make Mine Music, this is a project that will compile a series of essays on every feature film the studio has produced between 1937 and 2021. I have separated this list into various eras, many of which are commonly discussed as such, but I am also using a framework presented in Chris Pallant's book Demystifying Disney, A History of Disney Feature Animation, which includes a few terms that may not be commonplace. Disney formalism is one such term which is used to define the first few years of the studio's production of feature films, 1937 through 1942, in which the studio establishes an, quote, ideology that prioritized artistic sophistication, realism in characters and contexts, and, above all, believability, end quote. Another term that will be commonly seen is hyperrealism, popularized for Disney's animation by Paul Wells, that will be used to define animation that, quote, despite the medium's obvious artifice, strives for realism. It is this paradox, the attempt to represent reality in a medium predicated on artificiality, that makes hyperrealism such an appropriate term, end quote. It is within this style the studio industrializes animation and subscribes the rules of live-action filmmaking to most of their features, selling character pathos through motion, heightening all else. Palin also utilizes the terms Neo-Disney and Digital Disney to define eras of the studio's output, which you will see in the below list of films. 
The term classic Disney is largely nebulous in common discussion of Disney eras, but I will be using it to specifically refer to the style established in the 50s, in Cinderella, 1950, through Sleeping Beauty, 1959. The full list of films I will be writing about is as follows. Disney Formalism, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 1937, Pinocchio, 1940, Fantasia, 1940, Dumbo, 1941, Bambi, 1942. These are the films that established the foundation and success that the studio has been relying on ever since. Things are shaken up for the next several years due to World War II. Package films. Saludos Amigos, 1943. The Three Caballeros, 1945. Make Mine Music, 1946. Fun and Fancy Free, 1947. Melody Time, 1948. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, 1949. During the war, the studio's direct output changed as they produced anthology films, or package films, of various connected shorts. In 1950, things shifted back to a normal progression of what the studio's foundation suggested, but Walt's direct interest in animation drifts to live action and theme parks until his death in 1966, and the studio drifts between concrete definition for the greater part of four decades. Decades of Transition Cinderella, 1950, Alice in Wonderland, 1951, Peter Pan, 1952, Lady and the Tramp, 1953, Sleeping Beauty, 1959, 101 Dalmatians, 1961, The Sword in the Stone, 1963, The Jungle Book, 1967, The Aristocats, 1970, Robin Hood, 1973, The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, 1977, The Rescuers, 1977, the Fox and the Hound, 1981. The Black Cauldron, 1985. The Great Mouse Detective, 1986. Oliver and Company, 1988. Many things are changing behind the scenes between Walt's passing and the end of the 80s, primarily the installation of Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg in the Disney hierarchy. In 1989, Disney creates a smash hit that ushers in the decade known as the Renaissance. Disney Renaissance. The Little Mermaid, 1989. The Rescuers Down Under, 1990. Beauty and the Beast, 1991, Aladdin, 1992, The Lion King, 1994, Pocahontas, 1995, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, 1996, Hercules, 1997, Mulan, 1998, Tarzan, 1999. After The Lion King, Disney Animation has lost Katzenberg. The next few years of Disney filmmaking become experimental in a dramatic snap contrasting the era that had just ended. Neo Disney, Fantasia 2000, 2000, Dinosaur, 2000, The Emperor's New Groove, 2000, Atlantis The Lost Empire, 2001, Lilo and Stitch, 2002, Treasure Planet, 2002, Brother Bear, 2003, Home on the Range, 2004. These films are not by any stretch smash successes, even if many have become cult favorites of younger generations now. This can also be said of many films in the next several years as Disney is trying to catch up with Pixar in the realm of digital animation, the oddity of Dinosaur as an experiment notwithstanding. Digital Disney Chicken Little, 2005 Meet the Robinsons, 2007 Bolt, 2008 The Princess and the Frog, 2009 Tangled, 2010 Winnie the Pooh, 2011 Wreck-It Ralph, 2012 Tangled and Wreck-It Ralph are the digital films that finally hit, following critical success of The Princess and the Frog as a formalist throwback. By this point, Disney has bought out Pixar, which has elevated their technical capabilities and controlled competition. However, nothing in the 2000s could have prepared anyone for the level of success they would hit with their renaissance throwback that defines the next decade of their business. Digital Renaissance Frozen, 2013 Big Hero 6, 2014 Zootopia, 2016 Moana, 2016 Ralph Breaks the Internet, 
2018, Frozen 2, 2019, Raya and the Last Dragon, 2021. Encanto is slated for a 2021 release, but it is not factored into this project at this time due to timing, but that may change. As it stands, Make Mine Movies is a project of 59 retrospective essays on a studio's entire animated film output, drawing a timeline of progression and critique that analyzes successes and failures and the legitimacy of the Disney animated canon as a concept. Is the Renaissance truly the peak of Disney filmmaking, or is it overrated? Has it been surpassed in the digital era? Was the neo-Disney era misunderstood or before its time? I am looking for these answers in the films themselves through essays within Make Mine Movies. There will also be accompanying audio post versions of the essays that you are currently listening to, so regardless of which format you prefer, please subscribe to this newsletter to follow my descent into the Disney vault and the analysis that I bring out of it. Next up, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 1937. Please go to ghostofjoe.com to see all these essays. You can also find a link to this one directly in the show notes of this upload. And there you will find in-text citations and works cited. And share it with anyone who you think cares a lot about Disney animation. You can also find myself on Twitter at ghostofjoe, ghostofjo. The music used in this audio version is from The Skeleton Dance, a Disney Silly Symphony short. Thank you for listening and reading. Thank <laughs> you.